The park was surrounded by neat, modest homes occupied by blue-collar, working-class families. At the moment, there was a practice game taking place on the diamond between members of the Ragtag Dodgers, one of six Little League teams located at the park. Dressed in t-shirts, old jeans, and worn tennis shoes, the group was nevertheless enthusiastic. Squatting behind the plate, 12-year-old Billy Banks was agitated. The reason for his anger was standing on the pitching mound. Orville T-Bone Cheney leaned forward, hands on his knees, and stared at Billy. Tall and lanky for his age, Orville shook his head no. Throw the ball, man! Billy shouted. What you waiting for? Waiting for you to give me a sign, T-Bone replied. You only know one pitch, just throw the ball! At third base, Sean Epstein raised his old, worn glove and chimed in. Come on, man, throw the ball. It's hot out here. T-Bone glared at Sean. Oh, shut up, Sean. You only want me to hurry because you bat next. T-Bone went into an exaggerated wind-up and threw the ball. It moved toward the plate in a slow high arc. Standing at the plate, Ronald D. Moore started his swing. Big for his age, Ronald was a handsome kid with good but undeveloped instincts. As the ball reached the plate, the bat connected, sending it toward the left-field fence. Twelve-year-old Brad Johnson, standing in left field, backpedaled, tripped, and fell. The ball barely cleared the waist-high fence. Ronald stood at the plate, admiring his hit. Look at it! Man, I killed it! I'm pro-material! Lounging in the dugout, the other players barely acknowledged Ronald's hit. You only kill it because it was going one mile a year, Sean said. My grandmother could have hit that out. Ronald ignored them and trotted around the bases, arms held above his head. As he crossed home plate, he spotted a gray Nissan Stanza pulling into the parking lot just behind the fence. Behind the wheel, 29-year-old Janet Davis brought her car to a stop and set the brake. Sitting next to her, 12-year-old Tina, her daughter, opened her door and jumped out. Janet stepped out of the car. Five feet, ten inches tall, the 137-pound woman wore her shoulder-length black hair and a ponytail, making her look even younger. Though extremely attractive, her eyes carried a hint of sadness. Sweatpants and an oversized shirt didn't hide her full figure. At five feet five inches tall, Tina seemed more like Janet's sister than her daughter. They walked past the stands onto the field. Janet spotted Franklin, a local transient, picking up trash next to the dugout and putting cans in a shopping cart. Thin as a rail and wearing old, worn clothes, Franklin was a fixture at the park. Hello, Franklin. How are you? Janet asked. Franklin merely nodded and smiled. In the few years he'd been cleaning up the park, no one had heard him utter a word. Spotting Janet, the boys trotted off the field and surrounded her. Miss Davis, you sure enough looking good, T-Bone said, smiling. Orville, you're still a flirt. Did you learn to hit a curveball in the offseason? Hey, I'm working on it, he said. Thirteen-year-old Malik Muhammad bowed at the waist to Janet. Greetings, my Nubian queen. It's an honor to gaze upon your loveliness once more. I'm Malik, still the debonair one. Do you practice your bunting? It's a technique that is now in my command. Anyone seen Mr. Hollins? She asked, glancing around the field. No, ma'am. Coach hadn't got here yet. Sure glad you're his assistant again this year. Sean beamed. Janet frowned slightly. Wasn't like Coach Hollins to be late for a practice. She decided to carry on without him. Well, let's get started. A couple of you get the equipment out of my car. Several boys ran to Janet's car and pulled out two duffel bags and carried them to the field. Tina pulled a clipboard from one of the bags and handed it to Janet. She scanned the list. Let's see now. I got the list of positions from last year. Tina and Sean began taking bats out of one bag and lining them against the dugout wall. Billy reached into the other duffel bag and pulled out worn catcher's gear. Gee, Miss Davis, we ever going to get new stuff? Janet smiled at Billy. I know Coach Hollins withdrew the money we raised over the winter. Must have gone to pick up the equipment. As Janet called their names, the boys quickly ran to their positions. 
T-Bone ran to first base, Malik to second, Davey Ross, a shy, thin kid, ran to shortstop, Sean went to third, Brad trotted to left field, Jose took center field, Ronald went to right field, and Billy stepped in behind the plate, wearing the worn catcher's gear. Tina handed her mother a bat and ball. All right, let's see how much you've forgotten, Janet said. She tossed the ball into the air and swung the bat. The ball skidded along the ground toward third base. Sean quickly moved in front of the ball, scooped it up, and fired to first base. T-Bone planted his right foot on first base and stepped toward the ball with his left. He snatched the ball out of the air and fired it to Billy behind the plate. Janet smiled. Not bad, she said. Billy smiled at her. We've been practicing. She hit several balls around the infield. Each were caught and returned to Billy in rapid fashion. Okay, let's have a little batting practice, she said. Jose, the team's best pitcher, trotted in from center field and took the mound. On the small side, he had a deceptive fastball and a nice curve. 